Welcome, this is Anastasia Glova for Cato Daily Podcast, Monday, June 4th. Tehran continues its detention of four Iranian-American scholars and journalists arrested earlier this month on charges of alleged espionage. The case of Middle East scholar Hale Esfandiari has received the most international attention in the incident. She stands accused of promoting a soft revolution against Iran's Islamic government. Cato's foreign policy analyst Justin Logan comments on the situation. Why is Tehran convinced that American scholars and think tankers are involved in some sort of velvet revolution plot to overthrow the Iranian government? Well, your guess is as good as mine, really. And in this particular case, particularly in the case of Mrs. Fondiari, there's just really no evidence to support the idea that she has any ambitions of overthrowing the sitting government in Tehran. The body of her scholarly work is very dispassionate. She has been criticized in America for being not critical enough in many cases of the regime in Tehran. So there's really no, at least from this vantage point in Washington, no plausible rationale for the Iranians to believe that she's actually trying to overthrow the government there. There's also the additional question that if the regime in Tehran needs to be worried about a scholar like Dr. Esfandiari, it has much bigger problems than many of us had ever suspected. The idea that an Iranian-American scholar visiting her 93-year-old grandmother is a threat to the national security of the regime in Tehran, should that be the case, that tells us a lot about how the Iranians view their own position domestically. What kind of evidence has Tehran put forward to suggest that Esfandiari and the other scholars are, in fact, engaged in espionage? Well, not much is the short answer. They held this very bizarre press conference where they panned a video camera across a variety of electronic devices and explained how these were tools of the Americans that were being used to spy on people in Iran. So there's just this sort of abstract backdrop of the Iranians accusing the Americans of spying on them and trying to topple the government. But even particularly in the case of Dr. Esfandiari, they are not offering evidence. The legal proceedings have been quite opaque. And one interesting note that uh, listeners may be interested in, Shira Nabadi, a Nobel laureate, an Iranian, has actually been requested to represent Dr. Esfandiari in this case. So hopefully that will not just bring a sort of a higher profile to the question in the United States, but somebody who has clout inside of Iran and hopefully can get things moving. I mean, this is an especially bizarre move on the part of Tehran at a time when relations between Tehran and Washington are explosively high, despite whatever steps Bush is taking towards uh, constructive talk. So what does Tehran hope to gain by doing this? Well, in this case, I think it may not be illuminating to talk about Iran as having organized this as a unitary actor. I think there's a lot of speculation in town about the divisions in the Iranian regime and about speculation that, in fact, this may have been an effort by hardliners to scuttle what had been a move toward more comprehensive talks with the Americans because they don't want comprehensive talks with the Americans. And then for the faction that does want to get into discussions, 
they are in the danger of, number one, allowing relations to be worsening over these types of measures between the Iranians and the Americans, or if they were to make a push to release Dr. Esfandiari, then of course the hardliners will reemerge and say, you see, they don't have the interest of Iran at heart, they're giving the Americans everything they want, they're releasing American spies, etc., etc. So I think there's a great deal of speculation among many people that this is about domestic politics in Iran and about the various factions inside the Iranian government more than it is sort of a unity effort of the government to sort of poison relations between itself and the West. What diplomatic solutions are being pursued now? Is there any kind of recourse that the United States has here? I think, unfortunately, as in many cases with American government policies and American government levers, a lot of them in many cases can do more harm than good. The involvement of Shirin Abadi that I mentioned previously, I think, is an encouraging move. It promises to give more profile to the case, both in the United States and hopefully in Iran. And there is the somewhat, it's tough to say encouraging, but not pessimistic data point of what transpired earlier this year with the British sailors and Marines that were captured. But in terms of a a U.S. government policy approach, I think that the Foreign Service generally has quite enough on its plate with direct American national security interests with Iran. And one would hope that civil society organizations and private citizens will be able to bring to bear sort of the type of media attention and public attention that will cause a shift in Iran. Thank you, Justin. And thanks for listening to Cato Daily Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like to learn more, please visit our website, www.cato.org.